Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Welcome in, everyone, to Building the Broncos. I am Carl Dummler, and uh, if you can't tell, the man next to me is not Nick Kendall today, but he is wearing a Building the Broncos hat. I'm excited that you you, you got the swag there, man. Yes, and, sir. Uh, but I got Mr. Lance Sanderson joining me here this evening, and I uh, really appreciate you joining us here, Lance. Hey, Carl. Thanks for having me, and thanks for thanks to Scott for having me. I just excited to join you. Like I said before we went live, you know, it's been a long time since you and I got to sit down and shoot the you know what and talk some football and have some fun. So I'm I'm excited to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure, man. And uh, how's Christmas going for you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, Santa did work for the kids. Um, lots of toys, lots of gifts. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the wife was surprised as well. Samantha got a, a beautiful picture frame that I uh, had kind of made up myself. Uh, did a, a bunch of our family pictures and stuff like that and got her a handful more. So we're going to do kind of a picture collage on our wall and everything. So it's going to be going to turn out to be pretty cool. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, this uh, to, so at, tomorrow morning, I'm actually going down to go see my folks. We didn't get to see them on Christmas. We're going to take the kids down and let them have Christmas with uh, Grandma and Grandpa Sanderson uh, rather than Grandma and Grandpa Thomas, technically. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been a pretty good week so far. Well, good to hear, man. Good to hear. And, uh, you know, I. I I don't want to put a, a big damper on on things to start off here, but I did want to make the the big announcement. If you hadn't heard, uh, yeah, breaking news: NFL legend. Uh, you know, even though he started off with the Raiders, he is just truly an NFL guy with everything that he brought to the game. John Madden passed away earlier this morning, and like I said, just truly one of the biggest legends of the game. Uh, I mean, what he brought, coach, announcer video games, attention to the game, you know, just getting people interested, the the casual fan, getting them some knowledge on the game. And uh, just, I'm going to miss that voice for sure. And I know he hasn't been on air for, for a while here, but it, it's still one of those voices that you'll never forget. Yeah, man. I mean, John Madden literally revolutionized football. He brought it to everybody's household. I mean, with the uprising in video games, obviously the Madden franchise going back to the, you know, the early nine, late eighties, early nineties, something like that. Um, we're on Madden, what, 29 or something like that. Now it's just been an incredible ride with, uh, with that franchise. But again, you know, as a coach, legendary coach in the seventies, won a couple of Super Bowls back with the Raiders back then, um, was an announcer for several years uh, across every single ma- major uh, media platform. I mean, for the most part, he did a lot of the Sunday night football. He was on Monday night football there for a while as well. Um, being able to describe the game in a way that the average person would be able to understand it. His pictures were always great. Sometimes you'd gotten the, the circles in the wrong areas, but uh, no, it was, uh, it was tragic. Like quite honestly, we were just getting ready to go live and I was kind of searching through my Twitter feed and everything. And I saw the tweets from Tom Pelissero saying that uh, the NFL announced that he had passed. And I got really sad. Like, honestly, this is a pioneer of the, the NFL game in today's day and age. And without him, we really, 
really wouldn't be in the, the position that we are, quite honestly. I mean, the, the NFL football is at an all-time high as far as um, availability, and John Madden had a big part to do with that. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Yeah, and we got Travis Tarbucks coming in here uh, saying, Evening, fellas, hoping for some big changes in the offseason. Uh, DB for life, RIP, RIP, John Madden. And, uh, you know, right there with you. And we're going to talk a little bit about that here tonight. And uh, before we get into that, I just want to let everyone know, like I said, this is Building the Broncos. Uh, you can find this, of course, at Mile High Huddle uh, or at, at Huddle Up Pod. And uh, make sure you guys also are heading over there. Like, like I said, you got the hats on here today. I know there's a, a Broncos for breakfast. We got Scott in the background with the, the coffee mug, and uh, you know, plenty of other options there for uh, you know the football priests and uh, your guys' show as well. And so, make sure you guys head on over to huddleuppod.com. I know it's after Christmas, but you know, if you want to get set up for the, this next year and for this off season, as we got plenty going on. Make sure you guys head on over there and also make sure you're heading to facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle, become a supporter, uh, get all the up-to-date articles, uh, podcasts, everything that's going on. Uh, and just, uh, just join a, a fan group that's talking about Bronco football. Also make sure you head over to facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And, and again, you're going to get all the information that you could ever want on all the podcasts that are coming up. I know we had a couple that we we missed this last week because of Christmas and Christmas Eve and everything else. You know, th- there's very few days that we miss during the year. Uh, we're we're kind of there. We're kind of like the is it uh, UPS where they say you know rain, sleet, snow, shine, whatever it's going to be, we're going to be there. That's pretty much us with the podcast. So um, anyway, we've got also Michael Ronquilla coming in here saying, good evening, Lance and Carl on building the Broncos. Go Broncos. Thank you for the stars, Michael. Really, really appreciate that. And thank you for joining us here. And uh, and yes, go Broncos. You know, I know <laughs> feels like the season. I mean, it is kind of coming to an end, but uh, you know, sometimes the ending leads to something greater in the beginnings for this upcoming off season. And I think there's big things ahead. I, I like George Payton, and I'm excited to see what he does with the second offseason. So thank you, Michael. And also, we want to let you know, we are over on uh, Apple with iTunes, uh, with all of our podcasts. And one of the best things you can do to help us out, guys, is to, to go leave a review, uh, especially a five-star review. You know, if we earn it, we got to earn it, of course, but uh, we, we do appreciate it. And of course, uh, you know, you can... Always, as Nick says, you can rag on him as much as you want. Uh, he 
he definitely deserves it sometimes. But uh, no, go ahead and leave that review for us, guys. It just really means a whole lot. And of course, you can win some swag with those reviews. So don't miss that kind of opportunity. It takes you five minutes to, to do something like that. And of course, head over to, to YouTube and subscribe, like, and share. Uh, as much as we love the super chats and the stars and everything else, guys, this is how we grow this show. And, and so if you could head over to YouTube, do that for us. Uh, we really, really do appreciate it. So uh, thank you again for everybody that's joining us here this evening. Uh, I already see we got quite a few in here. And uh, let's see, I wanted to say hi to a few people as we get going here. I was trying to get back to the beginning of this chat. We've already got quite a few people coming in. We got Bearded Bronco coming in. Love the Bearded Bronco. You, <laughs> you as well. We got a little little facial hair thing going. Clee uh, coming in here as well, giving us the update of what we're probably going to, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about here today. Yeah. Um, we got Mo Ron coming in here and uh, Mike Woodward as well. Dylan Von Arks, of course. Uh, Donald uh, coming in here as well. Uh, Bradley Conger. I'm trying that's to see. A, that's a new name for me, Bradley. What's up, man? Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Really appreciate that. Uh, Joe Brewer coming in. Uh, Kenneth Patterson as well. Really appreciate that, guys. And I'm not going to get to everybody here because we got so many coming in. And and uh, keep talking in the chat. We got Travis Weber again coming in with lots and lots of stars here. Appreciate it, Travis. Um, and we wanted to let everyone know. We're coming down to the last few days here for our, our December competition. I think we're around 80% to our, our goal. Uh, so keep getting those stars in and, and uh, get an opportunity uh, to win some, some great prizes out there, guys. But uh, Travis says, good evening, Lance and Carl and Broncos country. Coach Madden might have been head coach of the Raiders, but he was one of the most respected in the NFL. He helped build and revolutionize the NFL. May he rest in paradise. Thank you, coach. Yeah, man, I, yeah. It, you can't say it much better than that. And sorry to jump in here, but uh, yeah, Travis, and hopefully everything's going well with you. Um, it, it's great to see you in the show, but yeah, absolutely. It's you may not have liked him, you may not have liked the the witty quips and everything that he had. Um, sometimes there was some pretty obvious uh, observations that he had. You know, if he catches the ball in the end zone, that's a touchdown. Well, yes, of course, coach, we all know that, but thank you for that. Uh, you may not have liked all that, but you did respect him for the work that he put in every single week, every single day, just to make the NFL better. And um, the the one of the cool things that you know you don't necessarily see it from uh, from our perspective, you know, the the fan perspective, but uh, he, this man has a family too, and he's going to be loved and, and respected well outside of just the the fan base that he had. Um, his family is mourning too, guys. So make sure you guys keep that in your in your thoughts and prayers as well. Yeah. All right, we got Michael coming in with more stars. Really appreciate this, Michael. Saying good evening, Broncos country. Go Broncos! You know that, that's that's one of the best things about this community. Whether the Broncos are are good, bad, in between, whatever it is, you know, we can all come together as as kind of a big football community, football family, and still be able to talk through the good, talk through the memories, uh, talk through even these bad times, and and kind of work through some of our frustrations. And because all of us are passionate about this team, and we got uh, one of the the more passionate wearing her uh, Patrick Sertan jersey in the picture, Michaela coming in here at the four ninety nine super chat. Really appreciate that, Michaela. Looks like Jacksonville is already interviewing the top candidates. What are we waiting for? MHH forever, RIP, uh, RIP, Madden. And, uh, you know, I, I know a lot of people are, are getting onto this of why wouldn't we go ahead and fire Fangio if we're going to fire him anyway? And and there's probably a good chance he's gone. I mean, let's just put it out there. It, it's 
I would say it's probably 90, 95% chance that he's gone. Maybe it'd be good for the Broncos to go ahead and get a, a head start on this, but the way the NFL works with the hiring process, I, I don't think there's, there has to be this giant rush to go right. get your guy. And, you know, Jacksonville is probably going to be one of the more intriguing openings just because of Trevor Lawrence. And so I think there's going to be a lot of guys, even if the Broncos were open, like if they had their choice, where are they going? The team that has the possible star quarterback or the Broncos who have no quarterback, they're going to go to the star quarterback. Even if the rest of the roster is worse than what the Broncos have, that's what they're going to do. And, and so I don't think it actually hurts right now that the Broncos are waiting maybe another couple of weeks here. Uh, but, you know, yeah, they'll get on it. I'm not too worried about it. They'll get their interviews in. And I think George Payton already has quite the list that he's put together. And, and I'm excited to see who they bring in. Yeah, I am as well. And the one thing that I've heard multiple times across several different platforms, I've seen it on Twitter, um, listening to Broncos Country tonight, like I usually do, um, even on 104.3 The Fan, there's some people that are like, obviously fire the guy, you know, it, the, that, the people that want their pound of flesh, so to speak, the guys that are saying, we want the accountability now. Well, what does that do for you? This team still has – it's an outside chance, but they still do have an outside chance at making the playoffs. The coaches were given a playoff or bust mandate, essentially. They were given the entire season to actually live up to that mandate, and we're still not there yet. There's still plenty of time for this to kind of come full circle, guys. And while I definitely understand, and I, I, I agree, especially you know with Pat – Shermer, I thought that there should have been a move made a long time ago. But when Pat Shermer was out with the, the icky sick bug that uh, your daughter likes to call it, uh, we saw Mike Shula calling plays. I believe that was against Philadelphia. And the Broncos got slapped around in that football game. Like, there's no urgency, quite honestly, to make a move like this because it's going to come regardless, guys. I, I'm fairly certain. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm with you, Carl. It's like 90 to 95% sure, maybe even 100% sure after this Raiders loss, that that's this is the end. What competitive advantage do you have right now? And what are you like telling your players by firing a guy, paying him to sit on the bench or to sit at home while he's not working anymore, and while your players still have to go out there and you delegate new responsibilities to all the coaches on the rest of the coaching staff, like – just have some patience, guys. It's going to come. Now, I yeah. want to get a little bit into the into the Jaguars coaching list. This is from Tom Pelissero earlier today. Um, the list they have is actually one that I would be very interested in. If the Broncos were going to be um, talking to some of these new guys, specifically a couple of them. But uh, to, to read it off for you, they had uh, – Bucks, Buccaneers defensive coordinator Todd Bowles, uh, ex-NFL coach Jim Caldwell, who is famously with the Indianapolis Colts and flamed out as the Lions head coach a couple of years ago. Uh, Colts defensive coordinator, speaking of, uh, Matt Eberflus. Uh, Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett. We're going to get to that here in a second. Uh, Bucks offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich. Cowboys offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. Uh, Ex-Eagles head coach Doug Peterson. And Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn. Now, there's yeah. a couple of names there. And one specifically as we kind of segue into this. Um, sorry to steal your show here, Carl. But uh, Don't Peter, Peter King actually wrote an interesting article. I believe it was yesterday morning, his Football Morning in America article, where he kind of tossed out the idea. And this has actually been thrown around a couple of different times. I'm going to read and, and quote this article directly if it actually pulls back up. Uh, never mind. Anyways, the, the gist of it was that uh, he was going uh, he was saying that he would be very interested in seeing uh, Aaron Rodgers obviously stay in Green Bay, but an alternative option would be for him to be traded to the Denver Broncos with a first round pick and a fourth round pick this year, a first round pick next year, as well as Jerry Judy, 
They would be then uh, bringing in Nathaniel Hackett as the new head coach of the team, as well as going out in free agency and signing Devontae Adams. This is an incredibly intriguing option to me. Carl, what was your immediate reaction when you heard that? Why would the Packers do that? That, that was my first initial reaction, honestly. <laughs> because one, why would you let Devontae Adams walk for free? I mean, I think they would have to do almost a, a tag and trade kind of situation here with him. So at least they feel like they're getting something in this this deal uh, for Devontae Adams. And for it's maybe decent compensation for, for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you're talking about two first-round picks and a first-round pick player that still has three years of cost control that, that you can do a lot with that a lot of people liked. Uh, but uh, I, I think if you're looking at a quarterback that can come in and, and take this team straight to the Super Bowl, yeah, you, you view that and you take that deal every day, twice on Sunday kind of thing. Mm -hmm. it, it just, it would be amazing for the Broncos to, to get a quarterback that's playing at his kind of level. And I know a lot of people are going, well, and I've been one of them of questioning how long he's going to play. Is it going to be two to three years? It could be four to six years. Uh, you know, and so it is a risk to give up that kind of thing. But to me, if you want to go win Super Bowls, you got to take risks. Chiefs mm -hmm. trading an extra first round pick to get Patrick Mahomes when they had a playoff caliber quarterback already in Alex Smith. You know, they, like they, they were going to the playoffs and they took that kind of risk where they could have added another player to try to get them over the hump. And they did that. I mean, obviously, still they did it, but at a different position than what most people thought they would do. And uh, so, you know, I just look at those kind of moves. I mean, the Tampa Bay Bucks, when Tom Brady was starting to show some decline, go ahead and go bring him in, bring in Gronk, who's been retired, and, and boom, they go win a Super Bowl. So, like I said, sometimes you got to take a risk to to really get something going. But all right, we got to get to Travis Weber here, coming in here with some stars. Really appreciate that, Travis, once again, saying, as I was saying, Fangio is delusional. If he thinks he deserves another season, fighting with players, blaming players. I absolutely laughed at him for blaming Locke for Judy's drops. Are you serious? Not disrespecting my elders, but I think Vic is showing signs of dementia. Okay, thank you, Travis. And, I, you know, this has been one of my biggest issues with Vic Fangio this entire season is every single time that he seems to get interviewed, when after, especially after a loss, blame seems to go to everybody but the coaches. A couple times he's thrown the coaches under the bus, but it's for sure not him. And, and to me, if you're going to be a leader of a, a football organization, I, I, I always think of uh, the Oklahoma State coach who, uh, you know, when one of his players was being attacked for for making a mistake and and uh, he goes, you know, I'm a man, I'm 40. Yep. And, you know, they, like that's it's a funny quote, quote, but it's like taking all the pressure off of the player. It's saying, hey, I got to take responsibility. I'm the coach. I'm the one that if anything messes up, it's got to start with me. I got to first be able to look at myself. And, and I do think, I think Fangio is one of the greatest defensive minds in football. You know, Bill Belichick is, is ahead of him. I'd have him for sure above him, but there's not many others that I'd put above Fangio, but as a head coach, he's showing that he just has too many shortcomings to really stay on at this point. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm going to miss his defense. Yeah. It has been phenomenal to watch. He's held a lot of great quarterbacks to some of their worst games, but you can't keep him at that head coach spot. I don't know how you can, 
honestly, and it, let's just squash this discussion now because it's just never going to happen, guys. And I, I've I've seen it so many times of everyone saying, well, why don't we just, you know, demote Vic Fangio to a defensive coordinator, fire all the rest of the staff, keep him around. That's never going to happen. Quite honestly, that's never going to happen. The only way you're going to be able to keep a Vic Fangio defense around is if you maybe promote within house from a guy like Reggie Herring or Bill Kolar or, or someone like that. Um, it's not, it's not Reynaldo Hill anymore because he's the defensive coordinator in, uh, in Los Angeles under Brandon Staley. But uh, a, a guy like that, like if you're going to bring in a new coach and you can somehow keep one of these position coaches and say, you've learned this Vic Fangio defense. Now here's your shot. Like Bill Kolar, here's your shot. To, instead of just running a defensive line, let's see what you can do running the entire defense. And maybe that might be a way that you can keep this, this defensive scheme intact. But other than that, I mean, you're—it's not going to happen. You're, you're just not going to be able to find that kind of a person. And Peter, thank you for jumping in, man. We appreciate you. Um, uh, we signed a cowboy off the practice squad. I wonder, uh, we'll we'll get into that. Defensive lineman, yeah. Uh, I, I I missed that today, so excuse me. But anyways, uh, like Vic Fangio or this scheme is probably not sticking around, at least for uh, uh, in, in terms of Vic Fangio being the guy running it. Uh, that's not going to happen. But with all of the miscues, I mean, the timeouts, um, the missed challenges, the, the poor coaching decisions, um, one that really irked me was against uh, – it wasn't this week, it was last week uh, – against the Bengals, the two-minute drive. Like, why are we, you know, running out the clock to try to kick a 55-yard field – or uh, whatever, 52-yard field goal when you can have a little bit of aggression and maybe go try to chase a little bit more points, take some more time off the clock, you know? And uh, the play calling from Pat Shermer, not holding Pat Shermer accountable by any stretch of the imagination from Vic Fangio, like, that's so incredibly frustrating. You, you've got to have some kind of a, a – an overall scope of management over the entire coaching staff. And Vic Fangio just refuses to place the blame. And he seems seemingly refuses to hold his coaching staff accountable for the failures of his players to execute the schemes that they have in place already. Like I'm not trying to say he needs to go out and fire everybody, but he needs to get on these guys and say, Hey, we're constantly throwing five yard hitch routes on third down when it's third and seven. Why are we not? Why are you not teaching your guys to extend those to seven-yard hitch routes on third and seven or nine-yard hitch routes? Like whatever it may be, you've got to figure out the issues. It's not just a, a player misexecution; it's a coaching misexecution of the scheme in general, and that lies directly at the feet of the head coach. I'm sorry. Yeah, and uh, we got that coming in here with Pete Peter Middleton saying, uh, "Clean house or who gets changed if you were the GM?" Honestly, I, I like a lot of this staff. I really do. I mean, Bill Kolar, I love what he does with the defensive line. I mean, we've seen Shelby Harris go from practice squad guy to multi-year contract kind of guy. Draymond Jones looking like a, a possible future star at the position. Uh, and the player that they did bring back was uh, Deion Sizer. Okay. If you remember yeah. him, he played for the Broncos a while ago. He's kind of moved around. He's one of those players that's just always kind of like right on the verge of being on the, the roster. Um, so not a bad one because he knows the system. Broncos are a little banged up. A lot of their guys were questionable at that position this last last year or this last week. Sorry. Um, so, like I said, I, I like a lot of position coaches on this team. Zani, I think, is one of the yeah. best wide receiver guys out there. Um, of course, you got uh, got the the offensive line coach coming yeah. in here doing his yeah. thing in Munchak. Yeah. Uh, so, I think there's a lot of guys that I would sit there and try to tell the next coach that comes in, please keep a lot of these guys because I think these players respect them. I think they get along with them, but of course you got to get rid of Vic Fangio. You got to get rid of Pat Shermer. Um, McMahon as well has got to be gone. 
Ed Donatel is probably going to be gone because he follows Vic Fangio anywhere he goes. Yep. Um, and, and so I, I think those are the main guys. I think some of the rest of them, you can kind of change in and out depending on the coach that's coming in and especially their side of the ball, whatever they're specialized in, you, you can have them kind of bring in some of their own guys. But I, I still think, like I said, there, there's a few guys that if I'm George Payton, I'm saying, Hey, can you please, please keep these guys here? Because this is, this is big for this organization. Yeah, it's not only Mike Munchak, but it's also Chris Cooper as well, who's been working with the interior offensive lineman of this this team. And I mean, look at what he's done with with Quinn Miners, kind of cross training him at the center position. He's been a revelation at right guard, quite honestly, in Graham Glasgow's absence. I've been very impressed with Quinn Miners. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, Natani Moody is another player that continues to kind of grow and could potentially be a guy for this this Broncos team moving forward. Um, it man, this team really missed. Lloyd Cushingberry last week. I never thought that I would say that with the struggles that he has had, but man, they were bad without him at center. Uh, but yeah, Chris Cooper's another guy. Zach Azani, you already mentioned his name, the wide receivers coach. I wouldn't be surprised to see him maybe starting to get some looks at an, an elevated position, you know, as maybe an offensive coordinator. I don't know that that would be something he would look at, but uh, as, as far as him getting the, the receivers that he has around him, I mean, look at what he's done with Tim Patrick. Look at what he's done with Cortland Sutton, who came out as one of the most raw route runners we've seen in the last few years coming out of Southern Methodist. I mean, he's turned him into an elite route runner, a guy that can separate. He's taught him how to go and attack the football. Now, maybe there is something to be said about the way that he's teaching his guys to execute this system that they have currently by not getting them to you know, understand their depths, the, the depth of target that they need to have, uh, especially on third down and in critical situations and stuff like that. But, I mean, he's turned around three three or four different players over the uh, I mean he made Deshaun Hamilton who was a great route runner he turned him into a, a, a fantastic blocker and a great decoy I mean if nothing else he's done great work with the guys that he's had um uh let's see I can't remember the the secondary coach's name uh who's actually worked it was Ronaldo Hill for a while there but uh, anyways the guy they have right now is doing really great work with Justin Simmons and now Caden Stearns is coming up very quickly in this defense. And Ed Donatel has a big part of that, but at the same time, there's, there's definitely some coaches that need to stick around for sure. Yeah. All right. We got Travis Weber coming back again with more stars. Really appreciate that. Travis saying if Rogers or Wilson doesn't happen with a couple articles have been posted, but what do you guys think about Matty ice? Personally, I don't think he's worth a number one. Uh, well, this, this is Scott's territory a lot more than ours, but uh, I, I don't mind it. I Bring mean, him in. The, the, Bring the him contra- in. You got to figure out the contract stuff and more on Atlanta side than the team that he's being traded to. Mm-hmm. I, I think on, on more of that, I haven't looked too much into his contract, but uh, he's, I think he's still got plenty in, in the, in the tank. And, you know, he's shown, I mean, just a few years ago, the guy was an MVP mm-hmm. and you got the pieces around him, especially here in Denver. You got the three wide receivers. You got a great tight end. And you just need a quarterback that can just get the ball to those guys. Right now, we just don't have a quarterback that can actually get the ball consistently to those guys. And, you know, you need an offensive line. That's another big issue that, uh, you know, he's not going to be the most mobile guy, but he does know how to move around in the pocket. So I'm not as worried about that. I think part of the problem, you know, like this last week, you said it with a new guy starting at center who doesn't always know the the line calls like you'd like him to uh, is not quite in the communication area with a lot of the the starters that are already there. And then of course you got drew lock. Who's not great at, um, at being able to read what a defense is doing and be able to call out the blocking scheme and, um, and assignments, all, all of that. So I think 
that's where you saw the offensive line really break down a lot this last week. They haven't been absolutely great this year, but this last game was probably their worst by far. And I think a lot of it was just the communication was not there like we've seen before. Um, so, like I said, I, I really don't mind uh, Matt Ryan coming to the Broncos. And I think that they can figure out some way to make the contract work, get a few years out of him. And I don't think he's going to cost an arm and a leg to, to trade for. Like, of course, like an, a Rodgers or a Wilson. And, and so if that's the case, you, you got a great roster around him. He, we've seen what he does with a great roster. Yep. They got to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So the one thing that I will say is going back to the head coach conversation, actually, Brian jumping in here uh, with a Munchak should be the head coach and wouldn't, wouldn't hate that by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think that he was that bad in Tennessee. He was actually, the teams always came prepared, but uh, specifically to Matt Ryan, uh, a guy that the Broncos are reportedly interested in. I mean, this is per Benjamin Albright, uh, Dan Quinn was the head coach in Atlanta with Matt Ryan, who was one of the players that pounded the table for Arthur Blank to keep and retain uh, before they fired him. They, they ended up going 0-5 or something like that the next season. But uh, he's familiar with Dan Quinn. So if the Broncos do go in that direction, that might be a potential target for them. Uh, Russell Wilson would be the guy that I would prefer there. But, I mean, Matt Ryan, uh, according to the article that I read from, it was uh, Zach Kelberman today put up an article. I read it earlier this afternoon. Uh, if the if the Broncos did try to pull a trade for a, a Matt Ryan, it would be a post one uh, post June first designation um, to split that cap cap hit up. I, I believe it'd be like uh, nineteen million dollars against the cap in twenty twenty two for the Falcons, and then twenty one against the cap in uh, in twenty twenty three. Excuse me. Uh, so they, they could actually get away from the, the big $40 million cap hit. Scott came in here and said he's got about two years and four, or $90 million left on his contract. There's no guaranteed money, so you just got to kind of get around the guaranteed money, the dead money that the Falcons have already play, uh, paid to him. I don't necessarily dislike the idea of a Matt Ryan, but if there's one of the three of the, the – I mean, of the quote-unquote elite guys that you have, Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson – He's definitely third and maybe even fourth on the list. I might go after Kirk Cousins before I'd go after Matt Ryan if, if that's if that's the way that I would look at it. Like like honestly, Matt Ryan's Matt Ryan's all right. Don't get me wrong. I, and I think you put him in a, a strong supporting cast. You get the running game to him. Um, Kirk Cousins can do a lot of the same things. Has a little bit better arm talent in my opinion. Uh, a lot more accurate, especially under pressure right now, because he still has the mobility, can move around. So, uh, yeah, that's I, I would I would probably go Kirk Cousins over Matt Ryan. That that's just my opinion. All right, well, we want to give a shout out to to Travis coming in here with some stars. Thank you very much, Travis, and I appreciate everyone that's joining us here this evening. Um, I see we got I mean got over three hundred people watching live here right now, and uh, that's just uh, great to see, you guys. And, and like I said, I know things are not great with the Broncos, but hey, you know, the better things are ahead. And I, I really do believe that. I think we're, we're getting ready to, to see some major changes in this organization that could really spring them forward for the next uh, the next four or five years, at least, and, and bring some some great things. And um, so, like I said, this is we're, we're talking a lot about the the Peter King trade options here and. What are your thoughts, I guess, in, in the sense of trading Jerry Judy? Because he, he is probably the more different receiver compared to a Tim Patrick and, and Cortland Sutton of the group. Now, of course, he, he's got the cheaper cheaper deal here. But the, the idea of paying three wide receivers, because you have to pay Devontae Adams really big money. 
I mean, we're talking 20 to $25 million a year kind of thing. Um, how do you feel about putting that much money into the wide receiver core? That's a hard question. And it's one that I want to kind of parlay into in another conversation here in a minute regarding specifically the running back position in Melvin Gordon. But uh, um, as far as putting that kind of money into your receiver position, if you have a quarterback that can take advantage of that, I don't necessarily have a problem with it, quite honestly. Um, however, I would much rather opt for the complementary skill sets. If there's any way that the Broncos could use a Tim Patrick and a Noah Fant, that like pair a couple of picks together there. You still have Albert Okwebenam, who's playing pretty good football from the sounds from the looks of it. You know, I mean, he's kind of developing into a, a almost a better tight end, overall tight end than Noah Fant. Uh, it, forget the explosiveness and the athleticism argument for there, there for a minute, but more consistently, Albert O has been the better tight end on this team, especially as a blocker, in my opinion. So if you can figure out a way to jettison Tim Patrick, Noah Fant, get those guys in, maybe you have to throw in a third round pick instead of the fourth round pick to make the deal a little bit spicier, but you keep Cortland Sutton, who is a prototypical X receiver, a guy that you can work on the outside on the boundary send him deep in on some deep ball shots, 50, 50 balls and stuff like that. You also have a prototypical Z receiver in Devonte Adams, a, a possession type guy, a great route runner works well over the middle of the field. And then the speedy shifty slot receiver guy that you have in Jerry Judy. If you compare those three together, keep the cap hit down just a little bit more by moving on from Tim Patrick that way. I'm actually more inclined to do that move. However, if we have to get, if Jerry Judy is like the bend, uh, like the breaking point, like Green Bay Packers said, we need Jerry Judy. That's the guy we want back from you. I would hesitate a little bit, but at the same time, I would still be all right with that. I really would because Aaron Rodgers yeah. with, with Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton and Devonte Adams, they'll figure it out. They'll, <laughs> they'll figure out a way to make it yeah. work the right way. I just, I, I like the complimentary skill sets. That's the going back to the original, or to our main opening point, the Madden conversation, the guy that it makes this, that, that turns this offense into an offensive juggernaut, a, a, a team that could be like the 2013 Denver Broncos offense with Peyton Manning and Demarius Thomas, Eric, Eric Decker, Wes Welker, Julius Thomas. If you have that kind of guy, the, the Jerry Judy dynamic, that's the uh, that's the way that I would prefer to go. All right, we got Travis Weber coming in saying, "Ride or die, take the bumps and bruises, DB for life." Thank you again for the stars, Travis. You have just been a rock star here this evening. Yes, sir. And uh, you know, I, I was thinking about the Devonte Adams being in the slot because, like I said, I, I think he's because he's big and strong. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't as much pay attention to his route running. He is outstanding as a route runner. I've seen him set up play players uh, on the defense so well with his footwork of looking like he's going to break outside up. Boom. All of a sudden he's cutting inside wide open where he's not even have to make a difficult catch. And so him in the slot with those other two guys on the outside, I think he would have some, some defensive coordinators, not only losing sleep, but I mean, they, they might have, uh, they, they might sweat through about four or five shirts per day heading into that week of trying to figure out how you, how do you defend those three guys? And of course you got Albert Okawebenom, uh, who I still laugh every single week. I think we should make a drinking game of how often they mispronounce his name and how badly they mispronounce his name is like how much you have to drink kind of thing. Uh, but uh, it just him with his size as well matched up with those three guys. Oh my goodness. Good luck in the red zone. And especially if you got Aaron Rodgers, one of the, the best at just fitting those kind of passes in there. 
Oh, that would be, it'd be a dream. And I might have to go buy the Madden game just so I can have those guys to play with for like the next five years, just keep resetting the game. So I can just live that, that dream over and over again. Uh, but you know, it just, I, I don't know what it's going to take to get some of these deals done. You know, Russell Wilson, I've seen his name brought up by a few people already. Uh, you know, I, I, it's going to depend on how many teams want to get in on this, how much these other teams are even willing to trade them. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think they want to move on from any of these guys who would, you got a franchise quarterback. You don't want to, you don't want to go back to the bottom of the barrel. Us Bronco fans have been seeing what the bottom of the barrel looks like. It's why a lot of teams settle for average quarterback play and pay them big money because they don't want to go to that bottom of the barrel. It, yeah. it is terrible. Fans hate it. You lose people in the seats. Uh, you know, you've got coaches who get fired left and right. Players struggle to get contracts. It just it turns into a whole mess. And and so uh, it's still going to take a lot, I for sure. But uh, if the Broncos can somehow pull it off, oh, my goodness, watch out. It is going to be a fun ride. And and make sure you appreciate it if it does happen. You yeah. know, I, I, I kept telling myself with Peyton Manning in the building, I said, remember that this is that dream scenario that you just you love. So appreciate it while you got it because it'll go away quick. And, uh, you know, got Andrew Baker coming in here saying with some stars, everyone's still on Wilson or Rodgers. But, man, if Green Bay wins the Super Bowl, he probably stays in Green Bay. Hashtag MHH for life. Yeah, I, I think if I was a betting man, I would bet that he stays in Green Bay. I I don't know, man. So I don't know if you listen to the, the Pat McAfee show, the, the podcast that Pat McAfee has. Um, or if you've seen the highlight about that, they had a conversation with it. They have a conversation. Aaron Rodgers and Pat McAfee have a, have a conversation. I believe it's every Tuesday. Um, but they asked him, you know, like everything's going well in Green Bay right now. Uh, do you love being a Packer? And the, there was a very pregnant and awkward pause. I mean, we're talking, <laughs> it was like four or five, six seconds long. And he's he just like, I just love playing ball, man. It, it did. He avoided the Packers conversation yeah. completely, and he's like, "I I just love playing football. If if you're committed to being a Packer again, as far as the future goes, or even for this season, let's just be honest. The 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 rumors that he was wanting his way out were very well founded. I mean, that's been widely reported by multiple different people that they he redid his contract to make sure that he could get the out after this season. And Michael, thank for thank you for the stars. We appreciate it. But like Aaron Rodgers wanted to. Uh, wanted to leave like he wanted his way out and it didn't matter they were in the nfc championship game last season guys like there's more going on behind the scenes in green bay that we than we want to think or understand like i think there's a lot of but there's fire behind the smoke here and he's not happy even though if, if they go and win the super bowl he's not going to be happy regardless he has an out he wants to leave very clearly he doesn't like brian gutekunst so i don't think it's far-fetched for him to be playing in Denver or maybe even in Pittsburgh next season. Like there's like, who knows where, what's going to happen with this. It's it, and quite honestly, it keeps you on the edge of your seat, doesn't it? It, it does. And I, I guess it's maybe me trying to protect my heart a little bit. I don't yeah. want to be hurt again. Uh, you know, it's uh, I always think of the, the office when Michael's like, you know, I'm ready to be hurt again. I, I'm almost there. I'm almost ready to, to dive in and hope that something happens uh, because it's just fun to, to talk about all this and, and get into it. And it's, and to dream. Dream the big dream. I mean, who would have thought Peyton Manning would have been Denver Bronco? And, and yet he was. And and maybe that's the, the great thing you do is you go to Aaron Rodgers and you you do the full 
backcourt press of John Elway and Peyton Manning showing up at his doorstep and saying, hey, Denver's a pretty cool city. How about you come on down and, and uh, join us here in the, the quarterbacks club? We can have our own little island somewhere that's just going to be us quarterbacks that played in Denver. And, and maybe we'll let Tom Brady visit every once in a while kind of thing. But, uh, you know, it, it just – it is. It's the dream. And it would be a, a fun ride as a Denver oh, Bronco yeah. to see oh, yeah. three of the, the top ten quarterbacks in NFL history all have been a Denver Bronco kind of thing. And unfortunately, it sets up the next guy for failure because, I mean, how do you live up to those kind of legends? And right. it's, it's unfortunately then the, the you know, that it's what we expect. You have to be that Hall of Fame quarterback to, to be a Denver Bronco quarterback. Well, but, so uh, so I want to I want to ask you this question, and, and I, I mean I, I'm fairly certain I know the answer to it, um, specifically because it's it goes into the 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 what we're talking about today. Would you rather have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams next year on this roster, losing Jerry Judy, or have Russell Wilson for the next ten years and keep Jerry Judy intact? Like, like, cause that to me is, is the bigger question. Like, honestly, I, and don't get me wrong. If, if the Broncos do figure out a way to get Aaron Rodgers, and I see some people in there saying that they're not going to trade. He's not going to come here. Don't hold your breath on that. Uh, but like, honestly, to me, you've got Aaron Rodgers, who's 38 going on 39 years old. He's got what, three or four years left. If you get Devonte Adams in on a three-year deal, you keep, let's just say you keep Patrick and Sutton around, you're going to make it work. And for a three-year window, you're going to be the, the best AFC football team in the, in the league, like quite honestly, you're up there more, more over the Kansas city chiefs than anybody else in the entire NFL, or you keep out around a guy that has franchise quarterback ability that has 10 years left, a guy that could potentially open up a super bowl window. Who's only had one losing season in his entire career, literally one losing season and it's this season. And he had mallet finger for, for three quarters of it. Like, which would you rather have the Super Bowl window for three years that you're may not get the opportunity to go and do it or the 10 year window with a quarterback that has the ability to do the same thing Aaron Rodgers does? I, I mean, I think you take the 10 year window. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's and, you know, I, I think Wilson comes with a little less baggage on, yep. on some things because, uh, like I said, Rodgers, he's just he's a different cat. There's just something about him that's very, very different than most most other people. Uh, and I, I really like Wilson. I, I think Rogers is the better quarterback and I think he brings a little more to the table, but, and it still comes down to what else are you trading with them? You know, yeah. are, are you trading now three first round picks because you're keeping Judy? Is it a second round pick? You know, th those kind of things. I, I just would have to see the different trade scenarios that come with each of them to decide which one I'd rather go with, because I, I like both of them. And really, it might be one of those where I just put out the same trade situation to both teams and say, whoever takes it first wins and be happy with whoever whoever gives us their quarterback kind of thing. Right. Uh, because, like I said, it, either way, you're getting yourself a franchise quarterback and a guy that can lead your organization. I, like I said, I just Aaron Rodgers is the better player. I just don't know. Wilson, a little bit with this injury, has me a little concerned. He's been a little bit banged up because of Seattle, just with their offensive line issues. Right. and. I just kind of worry about sometimes his longevity too. Is it going to really be 10 years? But we got Michael coming in here saying, in George Payton, I trust with the Denver Broncos organization, go Broncos. Yeah, I, there, yeah. there's not much from this past year that that gives you pause to trust him. You know, he, he made a lot of really good moves. Obviously, the draft has paid off in dividends. Uh, 
players left and right playing at a high level, not just playing because of injuries, but actually playing because they're actually good players. Some of the free agents have done pretty good. Darby's been, he started off a little rough once he came back from his injury, but he's been, been great for the Broncos. He obviously. Might, outside of Sertan, he might be the best Broncos cornerback on the field. Like, for like sure. quite honestly, the, the oh, most consistent like, one for sure. And then we got Peter Middleton coming in with more stars saying, where would you rank Wilson in the AFC West? Rodgers would be first, even above Mahomes. Yeah, I don't know about that. I, I, don't, I don't know about that one. Um, Patrick, Mahomes is, it, Patrick Mahomes is a unicorn, man. Like, And you, everyone was all, uh, all high and mighty earlier this season. All they figured him out. They, he, he's not playing the same. He's starting to fall off that cliff. It's a flash. In the, no, it's not, guys. Stop it. Patrick Mahomes is a unicorn. That guy is so good, and he's going to continue to be good. He's still going to have the ability to throw the ball across his body and create random throwing windows and just be super creative with the football. It's the players around him. Like He was getting let down, even like in the Super Bowl this last season. You remember that play that he made? He ran all. He spun out to his left, ran all the way across the field, come back around all the way back to the right, dove, and throw the ball, threw the ball horizontal to the he was parallel to the ground, horizontal, threw it and hit a dude in the face mask on the one yard line, and he dropped it. Okay, like it's not Mahomes' problem. Like there's some players that are not making plays for him right now, and that is the big thing. But they just went out and dropped 34 points against the Pittsburgh Steelers casually and made it look easy. Like Mahomes is a, a unicorn. Like that guy is crazy. I love Aaron Rodgers. Don't get me wrong, and he can do some of the same things. But man. I would I would much rather to this is me in my roster building deal. I'd rather take the 26-year-old Patrick Mahomes over the 36-year-old Aaron Rodgers every single day. The 38 years old, however old however the hell old he is. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Mahomes is the guy. He's the I, guy. I wouldn't. Uh and, and for, for one big reason is Aaron Rodgers just doesn't make stupid decisions throughout a game. That's true. Patrick Mahomes. Yes, he will do some superhuman things that just you don't think how in the world does he do that. But then he does some boneheaded throws that sometimes he gets away with things that he shouldn't get away with. Yep. And th there's just – I mean, he's had a lot of turnovers this year. Aaron Rodgers is one of the most consistent quarterbacks when it comes to not turning the ball over every single season. Uh, and just his accuracy, throwing on the run. I mean, the guy works on just uh, – like leaving his feet, like being up in the air and trying to work on accuracy throwing kind of thing. And I know Mahomes does some of that too. And a lot of other quarterbacks do too, but, um, but yeah, it, it's, but so it would be close between the two, but I, I would say that Rogers is, is the guy that I would say is the more consistent and, and just guy that you can lean in every single game, knowing what he's going to bring to the table a little bit more than Mahomes. But uh, we got Peter Middleton saying, didn't answer the question though, buddy, where would you rank Wilson? Wilson would be, uh, he would be second, I think. I, I I'd put him at second. Herbert, Herbert's still a little up and down. There's still some some games where you're going, what are you doing, Herbert? And I also don't exactly like his offensive coordinator there with the, the Chargers. He's doing okay, but I think Herbert could do a little bit more if he had a little bit better play caller on what they're doing on the field. Um, but I, I still trust Wilson a lot more because, I mean, he's done it longer. He's still, uh, you know, yes, let's just take this year out because of injuries and everything else going on there in Seattle. I'm not going to read too much into the season, but last year, I mean, the guy was playing at an MVP level for the, at least, especially the first eight weeks of the year kind of tailed off a little bit, but again, he just hasn't had as much talent around him. You know, he's got a couple good wide receivers, 
but he doesn't have a great offensive line. His running backs keep getting injured left and right. And, and there's just a lot of games where Russell Wilson has to, to truly go out there and just be great to, and win games for him. And he does it. Like I remember a few people last year were saying that their roster was, was bottom five in football and that there was a good chance they would have a top five pick, even with Russell Wilson leading the, the go. And there they were right there in the playoffs. Once again, just showing the value that Russell Wilson brings. So I'd still put him at two ahead of Herbert. Well, they would be a hell of a lot better than a five win football team that they are right now. If they still had Russell Wilson this season, like that's just be honest here. Um, Scott actually put it out there on the feed. Uh, Yeah, I would probably do uh, Mahomes one Wilson two, Herbert three car four. And that pains me to say, because I love me some Derek Carr, but uh, um, if it was Rogers and if it was Rogers in the AFC West, it would probably be still Mahomes. I think that the longevity there, um, the the creative dynamic, and yes, you do have a very valid point. One thing I will rebut that is uh, Aaron Rodgers back when he was, you know, Patrick Mahomes' age was just coming out of you know the uh, the cocoon that was the Brett Favre treatment. And when he was that young and had, was that dumb and that cocky, he was doing a lot of the same things. You know, he was making those crazy plays, getting away with a lot of things. It turned him into one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So as far as right now moving forward, that's why I would give you, I would say Mahomes because he can still, he still has the ability to be able to get away with that stuff. Rodgers might have that ability right now to avoid those, those bad mistakes, but we, and it's hard because you don't see the drop off with Rodgers right now. And you can definitely see a point where Mahomes could hit a wall, but also at the same time, like Rodgers could fall off the cliff right now and not be a, a Peyton Manning, the next guy to just be that elite guy and drop off a cliff and now you're done with him. Or you have Mahomes that has the sky high potential where the ceiling is the sky and he can be the next 10, 15 years. Like that's that to me, I guess, draws the line. It's I, I pick your poison essentially yeah. on that one. All right. We got uh, Michael coming in here with more stars. Michael, you again, another superstar tonight. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, just man, my, my hat's off to you, buddy. Yes, sir. It's been, been an honor to have you here. Uh, he says, great show tonight, Lance and Carl and building the Broncos and go Broncos. Yes, that is for sure. Thank you very much for the, the kind words there. And just, uh, again, just really appreciate all, all that you guys have brought to the table and the great questions and thoughts here tonight. Uh, it's been been great to talk some some Bronco football and some possible future Bronco football that, that we can look forward to. And, uh, man, I just you get one of these guys in here. I, I just can't imagine. I remember Peyton Manning coming into the building. It, it just, it, like, for, How- for, like, weeks, I couldn't stop, like, just having this energy about me and everybody – around town was like, why is this kid smiling so much? I'm like, cause Peyton Manning is on my team. Uh, you know, like this is, this is awesome. I, I can't believe yep. that I get to watch Peyton Manning and cheer for him and not be, you know, cursing his name because he's throwing like five touchdowns against <laughs> the Broncos in the playoffs and making them look silly on defense. And you know, it's, I get to be the guy that everybody else is mad at because we have Peyton Manning. And so, you know, again, if you get one of these guys, either Russell Wilson or, or Rogers coming in here to the Denver Broncos, man, it just, it, it just takes everything to a whole new level. And yeah. so I, I hope that's what we get. I really do. You know, I, I think anything else would be quite the letdown, unfortunately, you know, I, I, like I said, I don't mind Matt Ryan. I don't mind the Kirk cousins. 
even a couple of the draft picks. And Gary, thank you very much for the for the stars. Appreciate that very much. I don't mind those guys or the draft picks, like I said, a couple of them, but it's just, it's going to be a little letdown. It's still going to be kind of like, well, we're still the, um, you know, the, the baby brother to the big brother, Kansas city chiefs. And I hate that feeling. I hate that they get to be the the star of the AFC West. And, and maybe, I mean, we're selfish because we've had it for so long as as Denver Broncos. uh, I think uh, since they became the AFC West, the four teams that we have right now, the Broncos have the most AFC West titles at 15 compared to Chiefs at 10 next. Of course, the most Super Bowls in that that time period. Uh, just everything right there for the Denver Broncos. And, and unfortunately, just been down here for a little bit. So it's time to get back up there. And that happens with a, a Russell Wilson or uh, an Aaron Rodgers for sure. Yeah. Uh, Jeff jumping in here. I'm going to grab this one, uh, with a generous super chat. We thank you, Jeff, for joining us. Good chat tonight. It was fun. Uh, thank you for joining us, man. We, we do appreciate that. So Carl, I, I got one quick question asked before I want to jump into another thing really quick here. Uh, do you remember where, like what you were doing when you heard the news that Peyton Manning was, uh, was getting signed by the Broncos? Do you remember exactly what you're doing? Cause I, I have a great story about this. This is awesome. <laughs> well, I was, uh, I was living in Seattle actually. Okay. So Nick and I decided to trade places. I moved <laughs> back to the Midwest and he moved from, from Iowa out there to, to my old stomping grounds there in Seattle. And uh, so, but I was out there and I just remember being in my apartment and like, I knew the news was coming down and I knew the Broncos were on the, the list and I was sitting there on my couch and I just, when I clicked on Twitter and saw that announcement, Man, I, I jumped up for joy. My wife was at work and I, I think I scared my neighbors because they came running out of their apartment because I'm screaming for joy. And so then I run down there and I'm trying to tell these people who have no care in the world for, for football at all and trying to tell them of what's happened and why this is big news. And they're just going, just shut up, like go back to your house, go do something. And I'm, <laughs> my wife got home and I grabbed her and started cheering for joy with her. And, and yeah, it, it just, even her, she was kind of like, okay, that's great. Happy for you, honey. Like she just never had much interest in football either. Uh, but so, yeah, that that's where I was. So I was actually standing in the Maverick parking lots, the gas station, this, uh, the Maverick gas stations, right? Uh, pumping gas at the time. And I had my phone. I was listening to 850 KOA on my phone, live streaming it. And then it came down breaking news. I don't remember who it was that broke it, but it said uh, breaking news. Peyton Manning has made a decision. Uh, it sounds like he's going to be coming to the Denver Broncos. I dropped my phone. The screen shattered. As I'm literally screaming and jumping and running arms in the air around the the truck. I was in my work truck, running around in circles, screaming and jumping around. There was actually a cop that come walking out of the Maverick parking lot and come over to see what was going on with me. I'm like, the Broncos just got Peyton Manning. And he high five. He's like, wait, what? He high fives me just huge. We danced around in a circle. Jumping for joy that the Broncos got Peyton Manning. It was it was great. It was one of the best days of my life was we got uh, we got Peyton Manning. Uh, Z Dub jumping in here with the five dollar super uh, hashtag just because. And thank you, buddy, for that one. Yeah, Z W, I appreciate you, brother, and I uh, hope things are are getting better for you out there with everything going on. Uh, but uh, appreciate the super chat, and you know everybody else. You guys can put your 
your thoughts in here of what you remember from your time of hearing that Peyton Manning was coming to the Denver Broncos. Uh, it's always fun to share those stories. And like I said, I yeah. hope we get another second round of this, of getting these kind of stories of where were you when Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson came to the Denver Broncos, man, that would yep. be, be huge. And, and like I said, it just changes everything of how you view this team. You know, like with, with Tim Tebow, it was a great run. Like, hey, they made the playoffs. Maybe get a couple of things. Maybe if Tebow improves a little little bit, that was not going to happen. But, you know, th there was a lot of dreaming that was going on then. And then all of a sudden, Peyton Manning walks in the door and it's like, okay, we're kicking down the doors. We're going back to the Super Bowl. Yeah. If we don't win a Super Bowl, this is a complete bust of a situation. And, and really, the funny thing is that 2015 team – like, I mean, I know the defense was legendary, but I felt like the 2012 team was the best team yeah. under Peyton Manning, mm -hmm. had a top five offense, top five defense. And then the 2014 team, again, top five offense and defense had, you know, that was when DeMarcus Ware and yeah. Keep Tlaib all showed up. And then they got into the playoffs and like Del Rio was leaving for a head coaching job and just everything fell apart. And I was just like, this really sucks that these coaches don't seem very focused to winning these games. Well, and it wasn't just Del Rio. It was John Fox, too, because John yeah. Fox was already lined up for the, the head coaching gig in, in Chicago because like, yeah. everyone knew that John Fox was on his way out if they didn't win a playoff game. And they just didn't prepare. That team was so unprepared against the Colts. Man, it, it honestly, it may rest in peace. He's one of my favorite players. But that effort that Demarius Thomas put on that block where uh, C.J. Anderson bounced it outside and Demarius Thomas just was like, eh, what? like that was one of the, it, that just kind of highlighted the whole disappointment of that entire season because Denver should have won a Super Bowl in that year as well. Yeah, in 2014, they were the best team in the AFC. Yeah, no question. For sure. So, yeah, like I said, big things ahead, hopefully. And George Payton, hopefully you're listening, man, because that's what we expect. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, that's the problem is you come to the Denver Broncos who have this expectation of Super Bowls. You know, yep. th there's some teams out there that it's just, oh, if we can make the playoffs, man, we'd be so happy as a fan base. Unfortunately for, for Bronco fans, it's Super Bowl or bust a lot of times. Now, right now, I would take the playoffs. Like, yep. please just have a team yep. that's good enough to make the playoffs. Right now, it's not quite they, the case. They had one. This team was good enough to make the playoffs, man. They really were. If they were better prepared, better executed, and a little bit, a little bit more luck bouncing their way, they sh they should have made the playoffs this year. They really should have. There's yeah. four four or five different winnable games: the Pittsburgh game, the Browns game, honestly, the Ravens game. If they save for the deep shot, they they could have won that game. Um, both games against the Raiders, the Eagles game, uh, the Bengals game. That's that's six games right there that the Broncos have lost, they could have won and been in, in the playoff hunt. They could have been the, leading the AFC West. Like, yeah, seriously, yeah, it's, man. it's a woulda, coulda, shoulda, league. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of, a lot of teams out there could probably say about the same thing. Um, you know, it just, unfortunately just a few breaks go one way or the other. And a team is either looking like they're golden or looking like, man, let's replace everybody. And right now the Broncos just are that team. That's looking like it's time to replace everyone. I did want to ask you, we, we didn't get really to talk about this part of the trade a whole lot, but uh, right, let's get to Jeff's thoughts here real quick uh, with some, some stars coming in saying, I say grab Wilson for sure. He needs change. And I think Denver is that change. Hashtag DB for life. Hashtag MHH. Uh, yeah. Like I said, either guy. Yeah. I, seriously. I'm putting out the same trade to both teams and saying, whoever says for, yes, first, boom, you're on our team. That's what the Broncos did with uh, uh, what was that cornerback's name? 
Dominic Rodgers Cromarty. Yes. They put out a deal to him. He said no. They took that same deal to Aqib Tlaib. And Aqib Tlaib said yes. And then all of a sudden, Cromarty came back and said, you know what? I've really thought about this. And they said, too late. Deal's done. Yeah, he took a lesser later, deal. Buddy. He took a lesser deal and played worse for the New York Giants than Aqib Tlaib did. Yep. But uh, I wanted to ask you about uh, um, about Hackett. And uh, before I get to that real quick, let's get to Travis here real quick. I want to make sure we get all these these stars in here uh, because we really do appreciate all you guys. Yeah. It says, great show, Lance, Carl. Have a good night, Broncos country. Two more weeks. Let's enjoy it. Show some love with the thumbs up slash stars, shares, and likes. Yes, guys, really appreciate that. If you guys can click the little likes. we got 37 right now uh, coming through with, uh, I think it's Facebook that comes through with that. And like I said, with YouTube, if you guys can like, share, subscribe, those kind of things, those matter so much to us. We really do appreciate it when you do those things for us. And, uh, you know, all those who have contributed stars and super chats here tonight, you guys are truly, truly rock stars for us. Um, just, just means the world to us. That you guys have joined us here this evening. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we appreciate everybody for joining us tonight. We really do. Like, it, without you guys, we couldn't do what we do best, which is cover your Denver Broncos. Like I say that every single Friday on Dove Valley Deep Divers, but we mean it. We really do. Yeah. All right, we got Peter Middleton coming in saying, will the Broncos be more attractive to potential quarterbacks as they may have easier opponents with the Broncos coming bottom of the AFC West? Well, I mean, and, and we, Peter, Peter, thank you for the stars. I uh, greatly appreciate that. But uh, I don't think so because the other part of that is you got six games against the AFC West. And, you know, the Raiders are not great. We'll, we'll see who they hire with their next coach, but they, they still have – a really good quarterback in Derek Carr. And then you got two, one for sure, superstar, one that's on his way to being a superstar quarterback, uh, two teams that are looking like they're going to be playoff bound. And, and so that's, you know, that's six of your, your 17 opponents right there. And then you're going to still have to play two other first place teams. It's, I think it's, uh, I think it's still an attractive place because there's still a lot of talent here. I think George Payton is a very well-respected man around the NFL. But I still think there's some hurdles, like I said, playing in the AFC West and and also no ownership. I think that's the other thing for a head coach. Like what what makes a new owner coming in won't not want to bring in their own guy? The the thing about the ownership part there is honestly, I don't I don't necessarily think that that plays a, a big part in it. it. George Payton's the guy, they're they're gonna be paying him regardless. Like that's that's a part of the investment. Um I think that even even though you know there's there's no true ownership scenario lined up for the long term future, if you get a guy that's going to come in and blow up an entire organization like that, you've got a bad owner in the first place. Uh, the, the guy that's buying the team, like hopefully it's it's not that situation where they just sell out to the highest bidder and they're like, you know what, no, we're going to blow it up. I'm going to get my guys in here. That that already proves to you, you got a guy like Daniel Snyder or a guy like Jerry Jones, somebody that doesn't know anything about football. He just wants his cronies in there, like running it more like a business rather than a football team. And yes, they are one in the same, but at the same time, you've got to have football guys. Um, yeah, I I don't know, I. That, that really rubs me the wrong way. And I hope that that isn't really the situation that we get where, you know, George Payton, who's done a great job, you see the moves that he's make. Like, Carl, I wanted to ask you this earlier. Like, what's the worst move that he has made as general manager for this team? Is it shining Samar Stefan? Is it 
bringing in Mike Boone. Like that's the, that's the worst move that he's made. A guy that landed up on the COVID list and has been injured for the majority of the season. Like that's the worst move he's made. But when he actually got to play, he rushed eight times for 46 yards against the Chiefs. Like that that's the worst move he's made. Yeah. I, Everything he's, he's done has been a home run since he's been hired, at least in my opinion. Kyle Fuller is not a home run. I don't know, man. Fuller's been Fuller's been up and down. Don't get me wrong, but where where you needed an extra guy, uh, so yeah, I guess we can call that the the worst the worst movies made because he's been just so up and down. But you needed another body. George Payton did exactly what Vic Fangio wanted him to do. Brought in the guy that said, "Hey, this guy can take my scheme to the next level." And look at what this defense has done, even with Kyle Fuller playing at an up and down level. It's yeah number two in points scored in the NFL. Like, is yeah. that really that bad of a decision? Yeah. All right. Well, we got Chase coming in here with a super chat saying, shout out to number 31, uh, Justin Simmons. I believe he is third for hashtag Walter Payton man of the year. Yeah. And uh, I think that's, they always have a competition of how much money you can raise for your different charities. They, and I think he's third in that list. Doesn't mean that he's not going to win Walter Payton man of the year. I don't think it's decided by this money part of it. I could be wrong on that. Uh, but uh, no, that, that's great. He has been, like I said, one of the, the best players to cheer for. I, I think if if I was to buy another Broncos jersey right now, Justin Simmons would be at the top yeah. of that list because yeah. he's just been a superstar on and off the field for this Broncos organization, uh, being a leader in the community and and just voicing his his thoughts everywhere. I mean, in, and on the field, man, how he doesn't make the Pro Bowl, which just shows once again how how terrible the Pro Bowl voting is yep. that he's not not in there right now when he could be possibly winning uh, an all pro vote to, to be first team all pro at the, the safety position. Uh, so, you know, again, just great player. Great. I'm glad that he's a Denver Bronco. And for as many years as he's been up here for Walter Payton man of the year, I'm hoping they're sitting there saying, hey, this guy's got to win one because he's he's earned it. He's been doing this yep. for years and years for him. But yeah. so Carl, before we get out of here, I want to, I, I, I brought this up to you earlier before we went live. I wanted to get into this just a little bit. Uh, last week, it was right after the game against the Bengals. Um, I saw the market value for Melvin Gordon was sitting at 5.1, $5.2 million per season. And I tweeted out, you know, if, if that was the cost that it took to get Melvin Gordon into Denver for next year alone, uh, I would be 100% on board with that. Now, the reason I bring this up is because it's it's definitely a, a big conversation. The Broncos have – they could have upwards of $60 million in cap space. Um, Melvin Gordon, yeah, he's going on 29 years old. Um, he's still top 15 in the NFL in rushing right now in a timeshare with Javante Williams. Uh, would I like it to be closer to about $3.5 Sure, but at $5.2 million – if that's a, another key piece you can get to bring in and, and entice a quarterback to say, we've got two top 15 running backs on this team as well to ease the burden for you. Would you be willing to do that? I don't think that's going to make a huge difference in a quarterback of whether they're going to come to Denver or not, I guess uh, just because running backs don't it's matter. Not that they, <laughs> it's not that they don't matter. I mean, I don't want to get that far. Because I do think like Javante Williams has shown this year with all of his ability to break tackles and actually be a big play running back, how much he adds to this offense. But, and Gordon, I think is a great player. And I think he's been a great one, two punch this year. Uh, if we're bringing in a veteran, 
I think I'm willing to just go ahead and get a day three running back to, to back up Javante Williams. If we're bringing in a rookie, then yeah, bring that guy back in. You could overpay for him and, and call it a day. I, I think that's, um, I think that's perfectly fine. It just, like I said, it just depends on what we do at the quarterback position. And uh, we want to give one final shout out here to, to Michael. Like I said, he has been the, the true superstar of tonight. Yes, sir. Thank you, Michael. It, it just, it's been an honor again to have you on the show. And uh, I always love seeing your, your name pop up. And I know almost every single show on Twitter, you're always saying, Hey, great show. Thank yep. you guys for doing this, yep. man. It just, uh, it's humbling to, to see a, that. And that's, uh, that's a, that's a super chat superstar right there. And it, yeah. it may be stars regardless. It doesn't matter. That guy's every single show, every single night coming in big support. Like Carl said on Twitter, it doesn't matter. It, I guarantee you my phone's going to go off here in another 10 minutes after we, we close the show out. And it's going to be Michael saying, Hey, great show tonight with Carl Dumbler on building the Broncos. You did a great job. Appreciate you. Hashtag go Bronc. Like it's every single week. And Michael, that's the, that's the epitome of a, of a supporter right there. And we appreciate you for joining yep. us, buddy. We really do. All right. Well, it looks like we're, we're out of time here, guys. Uh, and I just want to appreciate say once again, how much we appreciate you and love you all. Uh, it just means a lot that you guys have joined us once again. And, and I want to thank Lance for, for joining me, taking the, the time out of his day. And I know we got a big trip ahead of you tomorrow. Good luck on the trip and all the safe travels, man. And, and Scott, thank you for all that you're doing in the background. Really appreciate that. And, and like I said, all of you in the chat, you guys are what make this worth it here and, and, and make this time just so special. And, and just remember, this is building the Broncos, you know, every Tuesday night we try to be here. I won't be here next Tuesday because I'm going to be going and getting my kids and very excited and I'll be making sure yes. to, to tune in and listen. But uh, yeah, again, just appreciate you guys being here tonight. Like I said, you guys can find us at mile high huddle on Twitter and at huddle up pod. Uh, you can also find us on YouTube and Facebook uh, at plenty of different spots. Like I said, you can join the, the facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle to become a supporter uh, and make sure if you guys are heading over to YouTube to uh, we got Scott's channel, make sure you guys are taking the time tune into his show. Uh, it's a great one. Always love tuning in there. So it's right there. YouTube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. Uh, you guys can find it there and our shows. Make sure if you guys find them on YouTube, subscribe, like, and share. Uh, again, just helps us out to get to, to get to as many people as possible if you guys are doing that for us. So anyway, again, we appreciate you joining us here for building the Broncos guys, two more weeks. We'll get to see what happens this off season. There is a sliver of a chance, maybe still at that playoffs. Hold on to that hope. You know, it's always that, that one in the million. So you're saying there's a chance, uh, probably not, but still it's always fun to dream a little bit. Anyway, we're going to get out of here. Uh, thank you guys again. Love y'all stay safe. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.